Today's episode is brought to you by Dr. Dish, trusted and innovation solution basketball training machines. Check out their revolutionary skill building program at drdishbasketball.com. Welcome to Fadeaways and Fundamentals. I am your host, Andre Pirano. Today's guest, Coach Taylor, joins the show. We talk hoops, life. Let's dive right in with Coach Taylor. Fadeaways and Fundamentals. I am your host, Andre Pirano. Here with my man of the hour, Coach Taylor. Coach, what is up? What's going on, man? Appreciate you having me. Oh, man, the pleasure is mine. Thank you for being on. So, Coach, let's get in a little insight to my listeners of who you are and how you fell in love with the game of basketball. Uh, yeah, my name's Taylor Statham. Um, I'm a five-year pro. Um, I run Statham Academy, and I'm a co-founder of Creators Basketball. I started playing basketball. I mean, those are like my earliest memories, uh, going to the park, watching my dad play on the blacktops, talking smack in the heat. Um, that's really where I fell in love with the game, and it's kind of led me to where I am today. Nice. Now, what age were you when you were going to the blacktops and falling in love with the game? Oh man, those are those are honestly like my earliest memories. Um, I know my dad said he'd take me in my rocker sometimes, so I imagine just like two or three years old. Okay, okay. Now, now let me ask you this: um, Were you playing a lot of hoops on the blacktop as you got older and playing? Like you know, obviously those junior high and high school years. Yeah. Um, in junior high, you know, I played um, CYO league for my Catholic school, and we would play on the blacktops. I'd work out at, at parks, um, even in high school with my dad. So, you know, just kind of instilled, like, that old school mentality. Um, kids kids these days, you know, they, they love being in the gym, and they don't really get to feel that what well, we grew up on, you know, just just – grinding outdoors against all the elements, the heat, the wind, sometimes it's cold. Um, and yeah, so, I mean, I still like, sometimes I'll take my players outside and work them out outside. Um, me, myself, you know, even though I've played 12 countries now, I'll, I'll still go outside and work out all the time. Okay. So I, I want to get into that part because see, I'm 41 years old and we, we had access here in San Diego. We, we had access to the trolley and stuff. So we got to go to various basketball gyms and play on certain days, which they were having really good runs on those days. But a lot of the times we had a lot of different runs at different parks, mm-hmm. kind of like how the New York scene was. I mean, obviously, our New York, uh, we're not on that scene of New York's and Rutgers Park and all those. But we had big time blacktop games. And it was cool because in, being in high school, we were playing against older, grittier men that made us better players. And I feel like my program, I have seven club basketball teams, 
and we practice one day outside. And I always have parents that tell me, well, coach, we need, if we're going to be paying you this money, we, we want to be more and in, more indoors. And I'm like, dude, that's not the point. Mm-hmm. The point is trying to get your kid to fall in love with the game. And I believe starting at the roots, which is the blacktop. Do you feel me? Oh, I definitely agree uh, with creators. You know, we have uh, anywhere from six to eight teams throughout the year. Um, and we do the exact same thing. So twice a week we're indoors. And then once a week we're outdoors and we're practicing, working on skills, individual team concepts, um, where we work out outdoors, luckily there's a hill, so we run the hill. Um, you know, I think the kids really, the parents at first were very resistant, but now they kind of see how, like, the kids get tougher. You know, you fall on the ground, boom, you got to bounce right back up. Um, right. You know, and then just dealing with all that, playing outdoors, I, I mean, it just I feel like it just gives you, like, a different confidence, a different sense of toughness, especially – where I'm, where I'm up right now is Santa Clarita, so we're up in the suburbs. So a lot of these kids aren't used to having hardships or having to work with their hands. And you know, I feel like working out outside and, and doing things that you don't want to do and, and making things hard and really pushing them mentally is what helps them get over that hump. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's funny that you're in the suburbs. I'm actually in the inner city of San Diego, so. Uh, we work out of um, in Canto Rec, which is off of, or, I'm sorry, uh, Skyline Rec, which is in the heart of, of a really, it's a it's a rough part of the neighborhood, I would say. Yeah. But, um, and I have some parents that have, you know, they, they have really good jobs, they're very successful, but I tell them this, this element is one of the best elements and is going to, is a teaching point for your student of the game. Definitely. And, and the, the one other thing that kind of bothers me is that i noticed um because i'm we're very into like the skill training we you know we got jordan lolly in our corner we got mm-hmm. ryan Rizuki. um so i feel kids in high school especially they're not playing enough on the blacktop because they're always going to see their skill training yeah i i totally agree um and i feel like that's why a lot of times kids don't really see success and they don't see what they work on translate into the games. Um, Cause it's one thing to be working on all these, on all these things you have to, but that's just one, one part of a, a very big picture. You know, you, you really got to put those actions and, and what you work on into game simulations. And the best way to do that is going outdoors, playing guys, uh, going to LA fitness, you know, just finding any type of runs you can. And then I think the biggest thing now is like all these kids want to be, buddy buddy and, and friends and when you get in the gym man it's work like you got to get straight to business um you know and you really have to separate yourself in that sense if you want to go on and and play and develop in ways other players don't right i and, and I, I feel the same way you know um i'm very big on playing like a one-on-one two-on-two three-on-three even if you could play five-on-five um i try to do that with my son a lot actually uh he played this weekend we played we played one on one and he was getting super frustrated because he was not he and every time we stopped our play, I would tell him, the reason why you're not finding success against me right now is you're not creating space. You're not using that hesitation. You're not you're not going from a quick explosive and then slowing down or going slow to fast. Yeah. You need to change your speeds 
So I was trying to teach him, but also play him one-on-one. And it's very much like Cody Topper says, my boy, it's bones over cones. Am I right? Because cones don't move. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, at a very young age, like, that's great. You're playing one-on-one with your son. Um, because I feel like at a young age, they need to learn to score and how to react instinctually against players. You know, it can't be, oh, I'm thinking about a move. No, you got to explode, make a move, have a counter ready. Um, and, you know, just kind of grow that feel for the game. Um, once players kind of get into high school, especially high school, high school, college, um, it shouldn't really be one-on-one anymore. I feel like, cause what I do is I'll have them play one-on-one, but with help side. Um, because once you get to those levels, help side is sliding over so quick. Defenses are so long and athletic, you know, you should be able to score on one guy every single time. Um, but now once you get to these higher levels, you need to not only, know angles and how to attack him, how to use your body, beat him to the bump, but also expecting that uh, help side to step up, you know, and now being able to find that, find that game, um, you know, and be able to use your body against two guys, um, how to Euro step in between two guys, how to, you know, create space with step backs, just with little things. And then getting that in-between game that is almost like a lost art in today's game. Um, I feel like it's so vital for, you know, these kids' success. Oh, absolutely. Uh, The help side, the one-on-one with the help side. I love that. We do that in our program as well. And I picked that up from Jordan Lolly, and I love that. We also do where we we start off at the block because because I feel that even as a guard, you got to know how to post up, and that's a lost art. Oh, yeah, definitely. You got to do that. You got to limit the dribbles, work on, you know, just just any way you could put in game – uh, situations, you know, um, them sprinting in transition and now catching a ball, um, you know, them filling or coming off a curl, you know, and catching with a defender right there, a defender trailing or someone that helps. I just, you know, there's so many things that you can do. You can get so creative and it just helps players, you know, build those instincts and, and really fine tune their game the way they should. Well, absolutely. I love what you guys are doing. Now let's talk a little about, about, uh, your company ball out. So I know we, uh, we hit on the, uh, creators, your teams, what's ball out. Uh, so ball out was something that, that I started, um, when I came back after my first year overseas, uh, with my partner, Jahar, it's kind of something that I've, I've shelved and put away. Um, I run everything through Statum Academy right now. So, so okay. Statum Academy, um, Man, I don't even know where to begin. Just anything that I can do to uplift the basketball culture. Um, so it started years ago um, when I was in college. You know, I would come home and we're kind of tucked away in northern L.A. So a lot of kids are like hidden gems up here, you know, and they kind of get overlooked just because the area we live in. Um, so I started, you know, working with them, calling schools for them, you know, helping guys get scholarships, help guys move on to college. Um, so pretty much Statum Academy is is a, a training business, but, you know, we throw events. Um, the last couple of years I've thrown camps worldwide, three X three events, five on five events. Um, we've helped, you know, well over 30 guys, uh, you know, get scholarships, get connected with schools. Um, in the last three years alone, I've helped 40 guys sign overseas um, for a season or for a tournament. Um, so just any way I can, just trying to 
help players grow and develop and get their game where they need to be and then helping them transition. Nice. I love that, man. I'm all about that, man. Helping, helping the youth because you, you got to understand, I understand, you know, the, the, the college and the NBAs and the pros, the guys overseas, that's fun training and getting those guys better, but it really starts with the youth. That's the number one thing. Am I right or wrong? Yeah. And that, that's really what tests. I feel like how good of a coach you are. Um, you know, cause when I first started training, I started training my brother and his friends and, you know, they, they were all varsity players. And then I started training a lot of college players, but once, you know, we, we started creators about three or four years ago, you really, you really see, you really learn how to like develop young players and you see the path that all these kids take. And, um, you know, it's like people always say, if, if you teach somebody something and they can't retain it and teach it to a, a six, seven, eight year old, then you're not really teaching. I love that. I really do love that because I feel the same exact way, man. I mean, I have kids in my program from my oldest right now are in the 14U. Okay. My youngest stem all the way to seven years old. So those are my teams. And, and I love teaching the younger players. Like I have, I have some guys that come and help me. They're in high school and, and they're going to be great trainers. They're very, very good. They're very shifty. They're very knowledgeable about the game. But they end up getting, I would say, a little upset because there's a, a younger kid that just can't do certain yeah. things. And you, you got to understand, it's like you have a blank canvas. You can't just teach this blank canvas how to start going between the – got to start everything from Exactly. This, and I feel like, keep the and game I feel like that's what's so special about um, – that I've really fallen in love with, you know, teaching young kids is – just finding new ways because every kid is so different and they're at such a young, fragile age and just finding different ways to motivate them. Um, that really fits their personality and who they are. I feel like is, is, is really fun, man. It's almost like, you know, how some people love putting puzzles together. I'm sure you feel the same exact way. Oh my gosh. You're absolutely correct. So like with my younger players, like, so I have a, I have a, I have a really, I have a phenomenal eight-year-old team. They're all eight, and we play in a nine-u division. So when we do our tournaments, we do mostly mm-hmm. nine-u, and they're winning. They're either coming first place or second place, first place or second place. And I have a couple of kids on that team that are very, very, they're very talented, but and you can speak to them in a stern yeah. voice, and you expect more out of them. But that's the way these two brothers grow. That's the that's way awesome. they grow. I have a couple of other kids that are just as talented as them, but you have to be more soft-spoken. They mess up. They throw a bad pass. You have to tell them, look at little Jimmy. I understand that pass. But at your level, you're throwing a pass maybe a 9- or 10-year-old's throwing. At, at an 8-year-old, that, that kid's not going to yeah. catch that. So I get what you're doing. Don't worry about it. Let, wipe your face. Let's move on. Let's get to the next play because he's upset that he threw the ball away and he thinks he's in trouble. Well, no, you're not. Mm-hmm. That's not the case. I might talk to another kid and tell him in a stern voice, why'd you throw that pass? You know that kid can't catch that pass like that. So I love that about you. I love that you said the puzzle pieces because that's what I'm Definitely. all about. 
What do you think about IQ in, in um, watching videos and not mixtapes or highlight reels? Man, I honestly think that's everything. Um, you know, obviously the, the top 1% of players we see are just these super athletic, out-of-this-world type of guys, LeBron James, Giannis, and the other 99% are not. And, you know, one day you're going to face a guy like that. So I feel like, you know, everything – like, for me, everything starts up top. Um, everything is your mentality, how you approach the game um, and the work you put in. So I feel like watching film is a necessity. Um, this is why you see kids in college and, you know, once they go on to play pro, they, they grow tremendously just because – they're finally like having to look in the mirror and say, oh, man, this is what my coach is talking about. You know, oh, I see where I could do this better. And then, you know, that's where the efficiency starts to really kick in. Um, so I think, honestly, it's a necessity. And the earlier that you can study the game and study the greats and the guys before you, you know, even the, the top players in your area, there's just always um, player. There's always things you can pick up from everybody. And I feel like as a coach and definitely as a player. Um, that's why I've been so successful and, and grown all these years. Cause out of high school, I wasn't a highly recruited guy. Um, you know, I transferred in my junior year. So I only got to play one year of varsity. I ended up going to prep school. Um, at prep school, I, you know, I gained over 25 offers. I lost them all when I went through cancer and went through chemotherapy for four months. Um, so, you know, for me, it's always been an uphill battle. And the only way I've been able to, you know, stay my head above water and then push past everybody is just by outworking them and outthinking them and my IQ for the game. And, you know, if you're a player who's already athletic and you think like, oh, well, like I can beat people with my athleticism right now. I don't really need to study the game. No, man. Like once you get to that next level, you know, especially once you get into college, um, at the higher levels, once you get to the pro level, everybody's jumping out of the gym. Everybody's super athletic, super strong, really smart. So just the more efficient you can become, the more obsessed with basketball and the harder you can work, that's what's going to really dictate how far you go. Oh, my gosh. Yes, I love that. I, I love the fact with, um, like, my son, he's 13, and – um. He's been watching film. I want to say he started about 12 and a half, so about a year. Um, but in the last, I would say in the last six months, I saw a shift with him where he's really picking up what he's watching. And I tell him, this is the way the game is going to slow down for you. You're going you're gonna to come across a 1-3-1, a 2-3. Um, you're going to come across all kinds of different actions, and you're going to be able to play it as a chess match and put your teammates in the right position to make yourself successful on defense and make your guys as successful yeah. on offense. And I, and I feel like that's when the game really becomes fun for kids is when it's just a challenge and you're just out there playing and you're not overthinking or second guessing yourself. You're just attacking and everything from there is, is just instincts because you've seen, you've seen it a million times. You've worked on it. Um, and I think that's what I mean, that's awesome. Your son at 12 was already watching film because if he can do that consistently, especially with his dad as a coach, I mean, he's going to have such an advantage as he grows older. Oh, thank you. You know, what's funny is, is I, I have to admit, even a lot of the stuff that I find, I always put a twist on it. I, hey, man, Ryan really sent me this really cool link. We got to watch this. 
It's amazing. Hey, uh, Jordan sent me this. Uh, Spencer Levy sent me this. Uh, Tony Vesaturo sent us this. Oh, my gosh. Cody Topper sent me all kinds of Dropbox stuff. We have to watch it. And he, my son gets excited because he feels like, oh, man, these these coaches, they they want me to watch this. I got to watch it, you know. So I got to kind of put a twist <laughs> yeah, on it awesome. sometimes. Now, you know, basketball is a is a it's a roller coaster. You know, there's a lot of ups and downs. Obviously, um, you dug yourself in a hole by having cancer and and you dug yourself out. I mean, how was that? And who yeah, I mean, honestly, 100 percent of the credit is, is just to my family. Um, they were with me every second. Um, you know, my mom was there through chemotherapy going through that i mean it was like torture uh i lost 35 pounds lost all my hair lost literally all my dreams every scholarship i had like no school schools were rude too like once i came back you know they wouldn't give me calls back they they would just bluntly tell me like oh i don't think you'll be able to play after all this um so it was really heartbreaking man but just having that strong strong foundation um you know and being the kind of person who just finds motivation and everything. And that was just instilled in me at a young age for my parents. Um, you know, I just got to give them all the credit. And honestly, that's what helps me now coaches. You know, I've been in so many different situations where people see like me overseas and see all my games packed out with 10, 20,000 fans and, you know, everyone asking for autographs and things, but that's not how my life was, you know, that's not, you know, how some of these years went and everybody goes through it, man. And it's just all about how you bounce back from adversity. Um, Cause a lot of the kids I work with, like I'm up in the suburbs, but um, you know, I have kids from LA, like all throughout LA who drive up um, and just to work with me. Like we have Antelope Valley here, um, you know, so I have kids from a lot of different situations. Um, some kids who've been homeless, you know, some kids who, have one parent in the house, some kids who don't have any parents in the house. Um, so just being able to, you know, show them that life is much bigger than their current situation and they got to have their eyes on the big picture at all times. Um, you know, that's really what I love about coaching is just being able to touch lives, not only basketball and help these guys succeed, but, you know, just helping them grow as men and, you know, young women and, letting them not just get sucked into their situation, but working towards and choosing a life that they want. Yeah. I love that. And how big is faith? Faith is everything, man. Cause you know, you're not always, you're going to be in situations. You're going to be down in the dumps where, where you think it's over. Um, I've even been there where I'm like, man, is it even worth it anymore? Like maybe I should just get a job. And I know plenty of kids have, or, you know, kids may be in situations that, you know, aren't that serious where, Maybe they're sitting on the bench and they're like, oh, this coach doesn't like me. Well, you know what? You got two options, man. You can sulk about it or you can see your big picture, have faith in it, and then work towards it every day, um, you know, and come out on the other side with a great story um, and a lot of life lessons. Yeah, you're right. What has the game taught you? The game has just taught me, um, you know, honestly, basketball is just a mirror for life. All these lessons, all these lessons you learn right. in basketball, um, they transition over to life. And I feel like the biggest one is just, it's just the whole thing with the big picture. Because my dad used to say it when I was a kid. He used to always be like, hey, man, what you're going through right now is a small little fragment. You have this big picture of life. Um, stay focused on that. And, you know, 
I kind of overlooked it and I didn't, I didn't really understand it until I started going through adversities. Um, and yeah, man, I think, I think that's the biggest thing you could take out of basketball is just not only the hard work, the discipline, um, but just the success and the joy that comes from chasing your dreams and, and finding ways to make things work instead of finding excuses. Oh, I like that. What was the best piece of advice you've got from Leave a it coach? better than you found it. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I like that. You, man. And, and we used to laugh because we were at prep school, you know, we're all 18 and ball is life is like following us around and we're these like hot shots. And, you know, my coach used to always yell at us, leave it better than you found it. You know, even just simple things like the gym, you know, pick up your trash. And that just kind of stuck with me. And it's something, you know, I, I try to pass on to my players. Oh man, I love that. What's the what's the piece of advice you would give a player listening to right now? Um I, I think that just the biggest thing, man, I, I say it all the time is just be different. Um in everything you do, how you approach the game, who you are as a person. Um, just be different because so many times, especially with social media and just all these things that are in our face all the time, especially kids, their heads, you know, get clouded with things that are popular or funny online but you know being a great person is undefeated and that's going to open so many doors for you um being the hardest worker in the room same thing um so if you see everybody doing the same thing and and trying to be cool and this that and the other you know just always keep your goals in mind and keep your standard much higher than you know anybody else's Oh man, I like that. I like that. I always, I always tell my son, be the best version of you. Don't worry about anybody else. Don't worry about trying to mirror your game after somebody. Just be the best version yeah. of Elijah. That's what I tell him. Um, now, what, do, what would you tell a player right now, um, in order for him to be successful in high school or junior high? What are the two things he needs? To two have? things. Oh man, that's tough. Game. That's tough. There's so many. Um. I would say the most important thing is, is definitely a jump shot. Um, if you can shoot, I mean, there's, there's a spot for you anywhere. Everybody needs shooters. Um, everybody needs floor spacers. Right. And that just opens up your game. Um, you know, once you can shoot, you get a little jab step, or a nice little head fake. Now you're getting into that second line of defense, you know, and that's where you can really start adding to your game. Um, I feel like secondly – I think the biggest thing would probably be just your will. Um, you know, obviously all these things we talk about are have to do with like uh, mentality, but I just think your will to be great, your will to win, um, and the rest will kind of follow. Okay. What's the funniest thing that's ever happened to you guys on the court, whether playing a game, at practice, anything, whether it's your team – coaching um you playing professional is there is there a moment that is just was absolutely uh, hilarious i mean man there's so many but i don't know in game like there's there's plenty of like embarrassing ones you know you, you've played the game long enough you know how it is i i think the funniest was a couple years ago i was in thailand in front of uh 18,000 fans and it was like a i think we were up by a lot it was a playoff game um 
I went to throw it off the backboard and dunk it. And I just ended up throwing it down too hard, like off the back iron. And then I fell into the camera guy and it was just like, it was just like one of those funny things where your teammates just all kind of laugh at you and, you know, tell you you have no bounce. And... <laughs> all right. That's cool. What's, what is one of the greatest moments you've had in Southern California playing in these events? Um, greatest moment. I mean, honestly, for me, um, I feel like one of the greatest moments is just my senior year of high school uh winning the foothill league championship on our home floor um i was playing at golden valley i transferred from heart um in the middle of my 10th grade season and then you know everyone was saying oh you're crazy for transferring to golden valley because they were 0 and 10 uh my junior year we got a couple transfers and we won league but i had to sit out so it was pretty embarrassing for me playing jv as an 11th grader um and then my senior year everything just kind of fell into place and you know, all those extra hours working out every day and pulling my goal out and shooting until, you know, the neighbors were screaming at me. Um, it just came full circle because uh, we beat Hart on our home floor. I think I had like 28 points. And, you know, it was just cool because I felt like the whole city was there. And it's just like a memory, you know, I'll never forget. Right. Okay, that's cool. Um how about this whole MJ documentary with the whole um, The Last Dance? Um, I was a huge um, MJ fan growing up, you know, being 41. Um, but I was never a Bulls fan. Um, I mean, for me, it's cool because the first memories, I mean, I'm a huge Kobe fan. Um, but my my first memories of basketball or watching MJ with the push-off, um, you know, that game winner against Byron Russell, and so really seeing like behind the scenes um, what was really going on is is honestly like super exciting. And I I think I'm more excited for, for these kids to really see the type of mentality, like true, true dog mentality that MJ had and, you know, just really how great he was. Yeah, I love that. It's funny because. In episode, I think it was three or four. I forget which one. This one that just passed with Dennis with Dennis Rodman and him pushing uh, Scottie Pippen down. My son went nuts and was like, "Dude, there was like three fouls and a technical that <laughs> right. be thrown out." And I was like, "Right?" And he on he was like, "Well, I go, you got to think, buddy. They they don't let people get fouled like that anymore because they're worth like multi million dollars. Some of these guys are worth half a million or." half a billion dollars with all their stuff that they have going on yeah. for them, you know? You know, they got Nike signing them. They got Gatorade. I mean, they're worth half a billion dollars, bro. You, you got you to admit, they're not, the rest are going to let them touch them like that anymore. So what was super sick was he goes, hey, dude, he got up and goes, I'm watching YouTube. What, what game should I watch? <laughs> he wanted to go back and watch old, yeah. old uh, Piston That's awesome, games. Man. That's awesome. And and I think it's, I think it's so yeah. cool because you're right. Like the way the NBA is set up today, um, obviously a lot of scoring and a lot of threes and dunks are super exciting. So that's kind of what they're trying to project. Um, but I think it's awesome because people don't understand how hard it was to score back then. And just not only from a skill standpoint, but how mentally tough you had to be. Because a lot of people can't take that. And playing overseas, like, 
you really see how it is because especially in Asia, like where I play in the Philippines and all these countries, people are so dirty and the refs will just, the refs don't care. You know, it's like eighties basketball out there and you just have to play through it and, and guys will cheap shot you left and right. And, you know, if you lose your cool game's over, you know, you've lost. So it's really cool just seeing how MJ really never lost when it mattered. Um, and he just always found a way to win, you know, through all that. Oh, man. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Last question. You're going to leave Earth and you're going to put uh, a note in a box for someone to read. It's going to have three things you're going to write on there. What are those three things? Always be yourself. Um, man, that's tough. You got some tough questions, man. <laughs> yeah, just, I, think. I think always be yourself. Um, you know, I mean, like I kind of talked about earlier, I, you know, mental health right now is at an all-time high, and I feel like Instagram and all these things really play a part because guys are sitting back looking at all these highlights and, you know, just the best parts of people's lives. And, you know, some people may have a huge following, and, and you look in the mirror and you, you say, why him, not me type of thing. Um, so just always be yourself. Um, find your passion and don't let anybody outwork you. That would be number two. And help others, number three. Ooh, I like that. I like that. I like help others and find passion. I love all of them, man. That's great. Well, hey, Coach, it was a pleasure having you on my show. If anybody wanted to reach out to you, where can Definitely. I appreciate you having me, man. It was, it was fun chopping it up with you. And hopefully, uh, I see you in one of these tournaments once everything clears up and, you know, it's safe to start playing again. But if guys want to follow me um, on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, anything you can follow me at Statum Academy um, that's my business page um, if you want to follow my personal page and just kind of see you know my lifestyle overseas my personal life um, at the real T-Stat <laughs>